This is Tori Huster, and you're listening to Follow Your Spirit. What's going on, Spirit fans? I am Timothy Lawson, host of Follow Your Spirit. Today is June 18. It is Saturday. It is game day. The Washington Spirit will host the Orlando Pride, uh, their first game back home after weeks on the road. It's going to be a great game. I think we're going to see the Spirit's true colors tonight. We're going to see the team that they really are this season uh, they started off hot. They had a couple disappointing games over a long stretch of uh, of not really playing with the Portland game, and then a couple weeks of not playing, and then playing in Boston. Uh, just a re uh, you know an odd uh, stretch for them, and I think you know possibly getting off routine. But we're going into a four game stretch. Really exciting. Uh, this week's podcast is going to have. Uh, a quick discussion with Caitlin Buckley from Black and Red United. We're just going to talk about tonight's game a little bit, the spirit overall, which players we're looking at, which ones we're excited for, maybe which ones we're disappointed in. Um, and then uh, after that, my interview with Tori Huster. Tori was wonderful, probably one of the better po- uh, interviews that I've had, just with energy and flow and conversation. Really appreciate her taking the time uh, to talk with me uh, and, and the audience. So, um I'm just going to play them back-to-back and then roll credits at the end. So uh, enjoy my conversation with Caitlin and then my interview with Tori Huster. I hope to see you tonight at the Soccerplex. All right, Spirit fans, uh, with me on Follow Your Spirit is Caitlin Buckley. Caitlin, thank you for joining me once again. Thanks for having me. Uh, You and I were in Boston, and we we watched the the 1-1 draw. Uh, I spoke to Estelle Johnson a little bit um, on Wednesday about uh, recapping the performance from a player perspective. Um, just briefly, I, w- I briefly want your thoughts on the Boston game as um, maybe from the lens of how they, I guess, performed overall and maybe inside the context of it being 40, four, three or four weeks since they had played. Yeah, I think it was a bit of that and sometimes being a bit too reliant on playing kind of direct and uh, Boston was playing sort of like a five back which made it kind of hard for they pressured the spirit a lot to make it harder for them to get the ball to their forwards and I thought sometimes the forwards uh, were acting too individually a bit Um, and I, I think they kind of sunk to Boston's level in some ways and I think also Boston was playing a lot better than they had in uh, their other games this season, so that was part of that as well. Do you think Boston's position at the bottom of the table accurately represents how competitive a team they are? Uh, I mean, I think if you look at this season overall, you know, I think the debate's like 8th, ninth, 10th, and so, you know, I think they haven't, they just haven't played that well this year overall. And I think some of that is um, uh, sitting maps and, you know, I think some people, I, I think most people realize how key she is to the team, but nevertheless, I think the spirit kind of managed to kind of compensate for some of that, but uh, she's a key player. 
Absolutely. Um, let's let's look at the Orlando game, and I, I wanted to bring you on to talk about this. Uh, so looking at this Orlando game, uh, where do you think the the biggest challenge from Orlando comes that the Spirit need to be focused on? I think they've got a ton of speed up front between Jasmine Spencer and Alex Morgan that can rival the Spirit's own speed up front. Uh, and I think they also make a lot of good runs out of the back between um, Jose Belanger and uh, Steph Catley. And so I just walk for, watch for that. But also, the thing with Orlando is they haven't been that good on the road. I think they've had five road games this year. I think they've scored two goals. And they've only won one game. That was against the Dash. And so, you know, we'll see how they play this week. Obviously, this week's been totally different from them than any other week. So don't know quite what to expect. And then, you know, looking at the Spirit side, where do you think the Spirit have the advantage? Uh, I think they've got an advantage in the midfield. I think they have a bit less turnovers overall than the Pride do sometimes. And... I think they also play quite well at the Soccerplex. It's a good atmosphere there. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's where their advantage is. Do you need to answer that? No, I don't. <laughs> True or false, the Spirit has the best overall midfield in the league. One of the best. One of the best? Yeah. I think, Top I think three? sometimes defensively they lack a bit in the midfield, but I think in terms of initiating okay. play, and I think... You know, Naren and Matheson's pretty good combination. And Loman, too. Forgot about yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, whoa, forget, forgetting the name there. Yeah, sometimes it's like almost like a bit too attacking mind, but in general, I think it's quite good. Let's talk about the Spirit's accuracy, because I think this is one of the biggest concerns that the Spirit should have going into the mid part of the season. The one thing that Stengel, Nairn, Lohman, and Crystal Dunn ha- all have in common is they all have only had four shots on target, and that's led to a 20% accuracy uh, shot accuracy from Dunn, uh, 33 for Lohman, 31 for Nairn, uh, and Stengel with 40. None of the, none of the the top shooters are hitting over 50% accuracy, and only one of them is over a third of the time on target. Whereas for each individual player, you can look at them and be like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's not too big of a deal. But when you look at them as a, as a collection, and the spirits altogether are only shooting 36% accuracy, what, I mean, should this be a concern that they can't get enough uh, shots on target? Uh, yes and no. I wouldn't necessarily say it's a problem of how they're taking shots, but more can they build up and get close enough to goal where they're not limiting their shots to only, like, you know, the flanks or kind of far out. Can they get into a place where they can take better shots? And then sometimes you see when they get into, you know, the 6-yard box or 18-yard box, they kind of have a bit of trouble pulling the trigger, and so that might be more of an issue of the shots they're not taking or the the shots they're not getting in a position to take instead of what's happening with the shots they are taking. Katie Stengel, she ha- she was given her first goal uh, on what was sort of just a nick from her toe. Uh, goal no- um, it seemed like it was just a nick off her, her toe. 
Um, the second one, though, nice little rebound. Um, she, do you think? Do you think we're going to see this Katie Stingle that we hoped for earlier on going into the this nice little home stretch? Uh, not. I don't know. Uh, up front, it's kind of not quite what the spirit, uh, you know, had expected of her, maybe, or some fans expected of her in the preseason, or, um, yeah, I think kind of technically, um, in terms of, like, her touch and stuff, there's, there's some need for improvement, but, you know, she's kind of stepped it up the past couple weeks, I'd say. One of the questions that I ask a lot of the spirit players, I'll ask you, who do you think's been an unsung hero on the team so far? Someone that maybe isn't getting mentions in the game recaps or, you know, that we're not talking to after the games, but definitely contributing to what the Spirit have been able to do? Uh, I think the combination of Zdorsky and uh, Oyster, you know, uh, both of them have had their ups and downs, but I think together they've played uh, kind of pretty well, more than more than the attention they're getting. And they, As a duo, they've each had their weak moments, but I think they've been part of some of the shutouts this team has had. The spirit started hot, right? Top of the table for a while. Kind of, you know, fell short, obviously, against Portland. Waits a long time. 1-1 draw. Like, how much does this game against Orlando speak to how we perceive the spirit moving forward? Will we think, oh, they're just going to get back on their feet? Or will it seem like they got lucky in the first few weeks and that they have some serious uh, work to do? You know, I can't speak individually how you perceive them, but for me, I think they all right. they started off with easier opposition than, you know, the table might have reflected. And also, they've had one less game than the rest of their opposition if you look at the standings. But sure. um, I think some of it for them was a bit of momentum. And this might be, I'm a big baseball fan, so kind of believe in momentum. But um, I think kind of they never, I think the combination of the rain delay and just the long break kind of stalled them out a bit. And I think uh, the this next home stretch is a good opportunity to pick up some points. Orlando uh, Orlando and Washington, how do you see this one playing out? I feel like a 2-1. 2-1? Okay. With, say who? <laughs> you, you have to say who. you got to commit. Uh, I'll go with the spirit. <laughs> that doesn't sound very confident. It's tough, right? Orlando's good. And if you if you have a short-term memory, then it looks like Orlando has the upper hand. If you look at the season overall, it looks like a pretty fair game. Very well. Kalen, thank you for chatting Spirit with me. I really appreciate it. Okay, I will see you tonight. All right, Spirit fam. This week I have midfielder Tori Huster. Tori, thank you so much for joining me. No problem. Thanks for having me. So let's let's start with your introduction to soccer way back when I'm sure you were a little tyke, uh, <laughs> maybe a little bit maybe a little bit older. But how did you get introduced to soccer? Did a, a parent encourage you? Did you join a friend? How did you get into soccer? Yeah, I think um, both of my both of my parents encouraged me to play. I, I started when I was four years old, and it was basically um, just down the road from where we lived. It was our our rec facility, our, our rec field, more. It was definitely not a facility at the time. Um, but I think I just had a lot of energy when I was little, and I liked to run around. And my dad says I also like to kick things. So we put two and two together, and soccer was the sport for me. 
How many things were you kicking before he <laughs> determined that you need to be playing soccer? So he may or may not have made that up, but um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was kicking, but he may have put a, a soccer ball in front of me or some some sort of ball and noticed that I like to use my feet rather than rather than my hands. What always amuses me is when there's parents to be that are like, oh, this thing, this little one's going to come out of soccer players kicking so much. <laughs> And then it makes you wonder, like, how many people determine when their kid's going to be a golfer? Like, they, do, you, yeah. do you feel something like, oh, this one's going to be a golfer? Exactly. Um, at, what, so. at what point did you realize you could play professionally? When did you when did you realize you had that talent? Um, I don't know if I ever realized it so much as that I just really wanted to do it. I had a lot of uh, really good coaches when I was younger, and they – pushed me to just want to get better every single day. And um, I did have talent. I was athletic when I was little. Um, so I think that helped me. Um, that helped me excel the way that I wanted to. Um, definitely gave me that little platform, the athletic ability to, you know, hand-foot coordination, eye-foot coordination doesn't doesn't always come easily for a lot of kids, but I was able to pick it up. So um, I think it was more so of, me just wanting to be a professional athlete and then I fell in love with the game of soccer and um that just that led me to becoming a professional soccer player I think more so so what did you while you're at Florida State did you did you know that that was the goal or was it not until closer to graduation that you decided to to join the draft yeah, I think in in school definitely um I knew there were several different different avenues even before I was at college um I when I in speaking with Mark Corian and um figuring out that he has all of these soccer connections all over the world I knew that there was going to be an avenue for me to play professionally or continue my career after after school um was over but um I think I think probably towards my sophomore year or junior year, I started looking at um, my academic side of things because I took that very seriously and I still do. Um, I wanted to graduate early so then I could enter the draft in January. And you'll see a lot of girls are doing that now. Um, I'm sure a lot of, I think a lot of the rookies have done that this past year where they've set up their academic schedule so that they can graduate a semester early. They might stay there in the summer or take extra courses along the road, maybe in the spring. Um, but I definitely wanted to do that. I think I set that up around sophomore or junior year in order to enter the draft in January and then get right into it. If, if for some reason, if, you know, maybe uh, an injury or you just change your mind, whatever it may be, if you graduated without joining the draft, what uh, vocation do you think you would have uh, pursued? Um, I have always wanted to do something in the medical field. Um, I had originally said I wanted to be a doctor, and then it's pretty tough having um, having soccer be my career for now so long through my 20s. Going back to school, I'm not so sure. Then I've looked at um, potentially becoming a physician assistant or going the chiropractic, um, the chiropractic route. Um, so I, I want to join the medical field, and I want to also – Stay within sports if I can um, and have that kind of orthopedic um, side of things where I'm, I'm with athletes because I've, I've been an athlete all my life and around athletes all the time. I don't know why I would change that because I have so much in common with athletes already. Um, but I would probably have gone somewhere in the medical field. I'd probably go to med school. My 
I think the, the right segue into talking about uh, your play on the field is mm-hmm. to ask you about the line that you have in your Twitter profile where it says, to commit is to remove your head as the barrier to your life. Can you expand on that and how that applies to you? Yeah, that's one of my um, that's one of my favorite quotes, obviously, probably my favorite quote because I have it there. Um, and I've always kept it there because um, that's who I want to be. No matter what I'm doing, I want to fully commit to um, – to just say that this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it a hundred, if not a hundred and ten percent, and I'm I'm going all into it. And I try to, no matter what I'm doing in my life, I try to to keep that quote right in the back of my head, so that I am doing things with my full heart, with my full head. And I think a lot of people that know me would agree that I try to do that, <laughs> whether it's academics or sport or. Um, with my friends, um, I try. I, I don't have a huge array of friends, but the ones that I, I try to um, really focus on um, the core group with my family and my friends that I have, and try to really um, keep those relationships close to me, and they're very near and dear to me. Going into this weekend, looking back at the past three or four weeks of the season. With the 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 game against Portland, the postponed game in Houston, the bye week, and then the frustrating game in Boston, what's the environment like with the team right now going into coming off of those four weeks and going into a beloved Maryland soccerplex in front of what's going to be a sold out crowd? The tell me about the environment in, on the practice field and in the locker room right now. I just don't think we could ask for anything better. We know we're going to be playing in front of our home fans and we're on the field in the locker room gearing up for that. And, I mean, I've seen nothing but smiling faces um, so far this week at training. And I think we're we're ready for a fight if that's what, if that's what we need to do. We're ready to possess the ball where we need to possess the ball. And um, while the Boston game may have been a little bit frustrating, we're taking things small things from that game to improve to get the win in front of our fans at home in front of a sold out crowd, which is crazy and which I'm so excited about. And I know all the girls are just to get that win on the weekend. Orlando, I've been saying, at least going into in the first little bit of the season, I said they were sneaky good. I said it again recently and Estelle Johnson corrected me saying, no, they're just good, uh, which is probably a better way to describe them. Uh, but looking back on the competition that you've played, when from your perspective, from what your what your role is on the field, which team thus far do you think has given you the biggest challenge? Um, I mean, I don't really want to bring it up, but I know in Portland it was a challenge for us. I think um, a lot of people had been saying, you know, they have all these big superstars on their team, and are we seeing that? play and I think in that game that they played against us you know they just clicked and that's going to that's going to be hard if they continue to click um but I mean I don't know we're past that game definitely and moving forward and every every game no matter who we play no matter what players I think it's more about us so much rather than any any players that we're playing against um obviously we'll um, take whatever information we need from the coaching staff and whatever they want to deliver to the team. But it's more about our game plan and clicking ourselves. Um, I think that is the most important aspect. Yeah. 
So, so it sounds it sort of sounds like what you're saying is that the biggest difference between the game that we saw in Washington against Portland and the one that we saw play in Portland was just Portland just clicked more. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah. um, I think that was one of the main differences, and you know, you can throw in the travel and all of that, and um, having that little undefeated um, label on us on both of the teams, you know, it always throws things in there and we're just trying to get back on track and um, yeah. get back to winning ways, especially since we're going to be home here for a while. Getting back to the game going into this week, which player do you believe you have the most chem- the best chemistry with on the field? On the field. Hmm. Whether that means anticipating ball movement, passing, whatever, like communication, who you click with the best out there. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I've played against her more than I've played, probably more than I've played with her. Um, but I would say Katie Single is always one of the players that is really easy for me to find, um, whether it's a diagonal ball into her that I I have. I'm It's basically like a no-look pass kind of thing, but she's always there and she's able to hold the ball up for us. And I think that's, that's been really helpful. I know she's a number nine, so she's a little more high or a, a lot higher up than and you more see Nair or Joe or Diana get underneath her. But I think for me, she's always, she's always available. And I think that's really been really helpful this season. Who do you think, who do you have the most chemistry with off the field? Off the field, that would definitely, um, it's going to be two girls. It's going to be Kelsey Weiss and Caprice Sadasco. They're um, probably my best friends here and they are some of the best people that I'm, that I've ever met. How about Kelsey's performance in Boston, though? I think that was definitely, if there was, if there was some silver lining to that game, I think Kelsey's performance uh, in the box was fantastic. Yeah, she was. She was um, confident off her line. She was confident um, in speaking to the back line and organizing the defense, and that always makes our job so much easier when you have, um, whether it's Steph or Kelsey, um, it, it's always going to make our job easier because they can see everything. And when they're when they're telling us information from behind, it just it makes it easier to move forward or defend those those sneaky players that can get in behind for sure. Yeah, who this, this is a question I've asked uh, each of the guests. Who do you think is an unsung hero so far on the team? Maybe one that's not making headlines or game recaps, but is has high contribution to the performance that the team has. Um, you know, I'm always going to say the defense because I think in this league you really see who gets the assist and who gets the goal a lot or who makes the 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 world worldy save um, in goal. But I would definitely say our defense so far um, has been really good, and we had um, only one goal against for a while until that game we're not going to talk about, and then I think <laughs> we've kind of gotten back to training. We've been, you know, we need shutouts. That's the way we're going to win. It's going to make it easier for our front runners if um, we can keep the ball out of the back of our net. It's not going to put pressure on them, um, yada, yada. So um, I think the heroes so far, if you want to call them that, have, have been are defending. And I think that comes from top down. You know, it's not just the four of us, but I think, or I'm sorry, the five of us in front of, in front of the goalkeeper, but um, it's, it's everyone, everyone's willing to do that work. So maybe our, our defending, our defending okay. is the, is the hero. 
who's who's maybe surprised you uh, a little bit this season, whether that's a newcomer or someone who's returned that's maybe stepped up their game a bit. Who's who's taken you by surprise? Um, I really, you know, I really like how Estefania Vanini has come in and made a difference in games that she's um, hasn't started in, and then also games that she has started. And I think she's one of our most technical players here, and you'll see her little flair and. Um, her Argentinian style come out, but she's also willing to um, to play a role in our team. And I think uh, she definitely provides something off the bench if she's not starting. And um, she makes it really difficult for players in this league to defend her. And um, she's always easy as an outlet to get the ball out to her. So I think she's, she's definitely um, a bright light, especially coming off of a, a knee surgery last year. Yeah, she's uh, her. It, it's what's disappointing is I'd really like to have her on the podcast because there's so many interesting things to ask a player like that. But the language oh, barrier, I think, is going to make that difficult. Yeah, I think she's working on it though. So maybe by the end of this year or something. Good. Yeah, I'll just ask her questions that, re- that just require like three or four word answers, just so we can get <laughs> something from her. Um, a couple weeks ago, Joanna Loman was on the show. I I asked her to match Ninja, Ninja Turtles with <laughs> players, and she dubbed you Raphael. How do you, do you feel like that, that's fitting? Um, I don't know much about Ninja Turtles. I did listen to the podcast because Joe mentioned that she she threw me in there, and then we had to get the photo, of course. Um, right. But I, I do like that I'm the, the one with the attitude. I think that, <laughs> that <laughs> is definitely, definitely fitting. But I don't know if it was a compliment or not because I've never really watched Ninja Turtles. So <laughs> I think uh, I think in the context of the way she was matching them up, I think it was a compliment. Well, uh, okay, <laughs> couple quirky questions about the team. Okay. Uh, let's say, are you familiar with uh, with Colbert, Stephen Colbert? Um, minimally. Minimally, very well. Yeah. Let's say you just found out that a one of your teammates was selected to be the host of a late night talk show. Who would you presume was selected? Oh gosh, um, probably probably Joe at this point. She likes to ask a lot of questions, and they um, just about people in general. And she she loves being around people. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe save Joanna for this answer, even if she's the first one, if she's the first one that comes to mind, mm-hmm. um, who, who's most likely to become a politician after their career in soccer? Politician. That's a tough one. Maybe she might kill me if I say this, but maybe Diana. I think she's smart and I think she is savvy and, um, I think she has her definitely has her wits about her, and she would be able to lead a group and have people vote for her. I would vote for Diana. <laughs> yeah, I would too. Absolutely. Uh, final question, women's soccer Mount Rushmore. Who do you think would make the short list to be displayed? Um, all of women's soccer? All of it. Like, we are putting up a monument on the side of a mountain to commemorate women's soccer. Okay. Who in the history of women's soccer, uh, at least, you know, you don't have to give me the exact four, but which four or five do you think make the short list on, on absolutely being up there? Um, I would say definitely Mia Hamm. Okay. I would say who, I think Brandy Chastain makes a short list. I don't know if she's up there, but she definitely makes a short list. 
let's see, Marta, I'm going to say shortlist for sure, Abby Wambach, shortlist, and let's pick one more. Um, try, try, try a current player, contemporary player, current? who you think okay. would be, yeah. I mean, let's just go with Carly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. go. Carly Lloyd? Yeah, okay. I only ask because I think whenever we talk about the a sports greatest, we always seem to forget the the current players playing. You know, we always mm-hmm. want to look at who already finished their career, but um, I think that current players definitely deserve to be inside those arguments um, if yeah. they've if their performance has been there. Uh, Tori Huster, thank you so much for for joining me. I really appreciate it. We're following you on Twitter at Tori Huster, and I am so stoked to watch you play against Orlando on Saturday. Me too. Can't wait to see everyone out. Let every, every ball